welcome to series two of the Confidence Fighter for Girls. My name's Myrtle and in this series we're going to be discussing difference, confidence, women in tech and much more. Stay tuned and hope you enjoy. Hello and today I'm delighted to welcome Audrey Wigan who's an executive coach also known as my mum. So as we are moving out of lockdown and we have every reason to be happy, some people are finding this hard. Now this podcast is going to focus on how we can boost our happiness. So first of all, is happiness a choice? Hello Myrtle, thank you for having me back. So is happiness a choice? Well, I guess if it wasn't a choice, we wouldn't have anything to talk about today. And the answer is, some of our happiness is a choice. So there was a psychologist called Sonia Lubomirsky, and she did a big experiment looking at what are the factors that affect our happiness. And she found that 10% of our happiness comes from our circumstances, the who, what, where. 50% of our happiness comes from our genetic makeup, just how we're born, what our own natural recipe is. But 40% is a choice. So we have 40% of our happiness is a voluntary choice that we make ourselves. What makes us happy? So I think we automatically assume what makes us happy, I would think of eating chocolate, Um, Some people would think about getting good grades at school, having lots of money, having nice new clothes to wear. Some people might think it's about having the perfect body. There are lots and lots of things that we think will make us happy. But what's really interesting is the psychologists have done lots of science on this. And what they found is that They've called it miswanting. So it's actually, we're very mistaken most of the time about what we think will make us happy. And it can even be something like finding the perfect partner. So they did a massive piece of research where they surveyed 25,000 people over 15 years. And they found that for the first two years of being married or being together with somebody, those people were happier. But what they found was after two years, their happiness levels went back to base. And the truth of the matter is, we have this sort of trick that our mind plays on us where we think that some of these things are going to make us happy. But the reality is, we just get used to them. And this is where this expression, miswanting, comes from. What other tricks does our mind play on us? So, another really big one, aside from miswanting, is about comparison. So, we often find that we think in terms of relative, so reference points. My favourite piece of research on this was where the psychologist decided to look at the Olympic medal winners. And they looked at the podium footage of the gold, silver, bronze people. And what they found consistently was the silver medalist was always the one that looked miserable. And the reason for that was the silver medalist stands on that podium and thinks, I was a millisecond away from gold. That gold could have been mine. Whereas the bronze medalist stands on that podium and thinks, oh my goodness, one more millisecond and I would have been fourth. I wouldn't be here. And so the happiness of those bronze versus silver is being determined by the reference point that they're setting. 
They also did another piece of research in Holland where there's a certain lottery in Holland where you win a car. And what they found was that if you lived next door to those lottery winners, you were twice as likely to buy a new car in the following 12 months. And again, what that shows is you're making a comparison with your next door neighbour who's got a new car and you want one yourself. So another big trick that our mind plays on us to do with our happiness levels is comparison, looking at what other people have got and benchmarking our happiness to that. Should I spend money on experiences or stuff? So that's a good question. And here's where we come into something where the technical name is hedonic adaptation. And what that means is where we get used to things and so our enjoyment starts to deteriorate. So I was always brought up by my mum to be told, spend your money wisely, you know, buy that nice new bag and you will get enjoyment from it for a long time. But of course, what happens is you get used to the bag and although it's still nice, it doesn't give you that same boost of happiness that it did when you first bought it. And what the science shows is when you spend your money on an experience like going out for a lovely meal or going to the theatre or going for that hot air balloon ride, what they find is people's happiness levels are significantly higher and actually continue to be higher for some time after the event. So although we think buying the stuff is actually going to give us longer term happiness, that actually isn't the case. So the big question is, what can I do to boost my happiness? Well, there are lots of little tools and tips that I can share with you, but I'm going to pick a couple of them today. Number one is gratitude. And what this is about is training our minds to see the things in our days that are good and that we're thankful for. We have a little piece of our brain called the reticular activating system. And you know when you're in a room, a big noisy room, and someone says your name, isn't it weird how across that big noisy room you can hear your name? And that's because your brain has this kind of spam filter and it's trained to hear your name over and above all the noise. It's the same as if you think, oh, I want to buy that new yellow handbag that everyone seems to have. And you walk down the street and all you see is people wearing that yellow handbag. And it's because our brain is picking out bits of information. And in the same way, we want to train our brains to pick out the good things that are happening in our lives, to train our brains to spot things. It might be really small, listening to the bird song, smelling the grass, or a kind compliment from someone at school. It doesn't matter what it is, but it's learning to find the positive. And one of the best ways to start training your brain to do this is every night to write down three good things that have happened to you that day. And some days, I have to admit, I really struggle. And even writing down, I had a lovely cup of tea, that's okay. But it's starting to train your brain to look for something good. And there's lots and lots of science that says if we start being more grateful people, we will actually be significantly happier. What's your favourite piece of research on happiness? My most favourite piece of research is one that was done by a psychologist called Alice Eisen at Cornell University in the States. And she got a bunch of really experienced doctors together and they were going to be given a test on how quickly they could diagnose someone's medical problem. 
and how accurately they diagnosed it. Now, the first group of doctors were primed to be happy. So they had something that was happening to them before the exam that was going to make them happy. The second group were told they could read some medical textbooks before their exam and the third group did nothing. They were then given a series of symptoms to analyse and they found that the group who'd been primed to be happy came to the correct diagnosis much faster and much more creatively. So they actually got to the right diagnosis 20% of the way through the test, which was nearly twice as fast as the group who'd done nothing beforehand. And the other thing they did, you know, when you go to the doctor and you say, oh, I've got this and this and they go, oh, it must be such and such. Actually, then you then say, oh, but I've also got this. And then the doctor says, oh, actually, hold on a sec. You might have something else wrong with you. And it's called anchoring. So doctors have to be ready to let go of their initial diagnosis and realise that with the new information, actually, it's something else wrong with them. And again, they found that the group who'd been primed to be happy got to the correct diagnosis much more accurately. Now, the reason why I love this piece of research comes with the question, how did they prime the first group of doctors to be happy? So the astonishing thing was they primed these doctors to be happy by giving them a lollipop. They weren't even allowed to eat the lollipop because if they'd had raised blood sugar levels, that might have affected the results. And what this really shows to me is that even the smallest little boost of positivity can really affect our performance and our competitive edge. And every time I go to the doctor, I always think, shall I take a lollipop in my pocket? So are there any other things we can do to boost our happiness? So if we've put gratitude number one, I would put acts of kindness as number two. And this is doing kind things for other people. So let me tell you about one experiment they did. They stopped people on the street and they gave them $5 or $20. And they told them, you go to Starbucks and buy a drink, either for you or for someone else. And what they found was people predicted, if I spend that money on myself, I'm going to be happier than if I spend that money on someone else. And they also predicted that if I spend the $20, I'm going to be happier than if they've spent the $5. But actually what they found was that the people who spent the money on someone else were significantly happier after the event. And it didn't make any difference whether they'd spent $5 or $20. So then they thought, let's take this experiment to a different country where $5 or $20 is a much more material amount of money. So they ran the experiment again in Uganda. And $20 in Uganda will buy you probably medication for a month for malaria. But even... Even in Uganda, they found that spending $5 versus $20 didn't make any difference. It was just the act of doing something kind for someone else. And there have been other experiments where people have performed random acts of kindness over the course of their week. And again, has reported boosted happiness levels on a very significant basis. Does being with other people make us happy? So that's a really good question to ask in the light of the lockdowns that we've been experiencing over this last year. And the answer is there's loads and loads of data that shows that happy people have close friends, strong family ties, romantic ties and lots of positive health effects to go with it. But one of the aspects that I think is really interesting on social connection is it's not just about all the interactions with the people that we know. 
Strangers can also play quite a big part in this too. So, for example, they did a piece of research on the tube network in Chicago. And they sat people on the train and they said to one lot of people, you must go on your commute and just sit there and do what you normally do. Then they said to the next lot of people, you must talk to the person next to you and try and form a connection, have a nice conversation. And then they said to the last group, you are going to have a lovely train ride. Just keep yourself to yourself and really enjoy this moment of being alone. And what people predicted was that the people who were just allowed to chill out and be on their own, they predicted that they would be the happiest. But amazingly, what they found was the people who had the conversations with strangers reported a much more positive experience. And there was another experiment that was done in Princeton, another US university, and they questioned half a million people on all the things that make us happy. And what they found was if you increase your income, the amount of money you get paid by four times, what effect is that going to have on your happiness? And they compared it with a whole bunch of things. And they, one of the questions they asked was, did you report feeling alone yesterday? And they found that the effect of aloneness was seven times bigger than a fourfold increase in your salary on your state of happiness. And I guess the question here is, it always makes me laugh when I think about it, because in the UK, we have train carriages that are quiet cars. And really, we ought to be having train carriages that are chatty cars. And apparently in Chicago, the scientists asked this question and they said, if this is making people happier, why don't we have more chatty cars, as they called them? And the response was, well, we used to, but we had to shut them down because it became a safety issue. And the answer was because they become too crowded. So maybe we should be rethinking how we run our trains here in the UK. But it's definitely something to think about. All those little interactions you have every day, whether it's the lady at the ticket collector or the man at Tesco's or the person who pours you a cup of coffee, all of those little interactions, if you make them into meaningful, pleasant conversations, that will boost your happiness levels. Are there any other tools or tips that I could use to help me boost my happiness? Well, Myrtle, there are lots of other things and I'm just going to name some of them, but we haven't got time for them today. One of them is about using your strengths. So when we're doing the things that we're good at, that we love doing, we tend to be happier. Another is savouring. So that's just taking the moment, catching the moment when you're enjoying that mouthful of chocolate or you're listening to some music and just capturing the moment and savouring it. Also meditation. Why don't you do a Headspace app on your telephone just for 10 minutes a day? Exercise really helps, getting lots of sleep. All these things will contribute to your happiness. But we have to remember, happiness is not permanent. It is a mood state. And I like to think of it like a leaky tyre on my bicycle. You have to keep pumping the air in to keep it inflated. And it's the same with our happiness. We have to keep doing all these things our acts of kindness, our social connection, our gratitude, in order to keep our happiness levels up. Thank you for all those tips and tricks on boosting my happiness. I feel rather happy after that. <laughs> Thank you, Myrtle. Always a joy to be here. I hope we can use all these tips and tricks to help you boost your happiness. I have also started an Instagram 
where you can find inspirational quotes, sneak peeks and much more. My handle is at The Confidence Fighter. So I'll see you over there. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Confidence Fighter and you're using Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate a rating and review because this means other young girls can find this podcast more easily. Don't forget to subscribe. See you next time.